Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. I love the story about the little boy who was out in the garden struggling to pull out a very large weed. His father came along and said, Son, you need help pulling that weed out? And the little boy said, I sure do, because the whole world is pulling on the other side. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? Well, you have to return to help from Father. Father is there waiting to help, but you have to find it. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is God Cares About What's Right. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi everyone, this is Pastor Roland, and today I want to talk about uh, conscience. I want to talk about conscience so that you can see what it is and understand it and benefit from it, instead of biting it and instead of ignoring it. Now, conscience is what you know in your heart. You see, when a situation arises, for example, let me see if I can make this very clear to you. This is so hard to, I mean, it's easy, it's simple. When you get it, it's so simple, but it's hard to explain. When a situation arises with your loved one, this is what I was talking about last week, your child or your partner, one of those delicate moments in life that are important and what you say or do makes a lot of difference. The mistake we make is instead of just remaining silent and Waiting upon God, we dig down into our brain. We look down there. And when I say down, I mean down. We look down there and try to dredge something up. And what comes up is something that you heard, something you read, something you studied, something someone else said, something somebody told you, or you make something up. You make something up that is designed to make you look good, to save face, to impress the other person, or to overwhelm them, to make them think you're very smart, to prove that you're right, something along those lines. You see, it has ego in it. And if you're not careful, when you look down there into your brain, If you're not careful, something devilishly clever will come up from there. See, the devil approaches us through the imagination and through uh, the thinking process. Down there, he suggests something. He hides in the foliage of your mind and suggests something. So instead of looking down there for something that, like I said, that you memorized, that you heard, that you read, that somebody said, instead of looking down there to try to make something up that will impress the other person, instead you stand silently and it's almost, it's almost kind of a mindless kind of a standing there. But it's not mindless because you're calling upon God. You're awaiting something from God. And if something comes to you, then that's what you're to do. 
If nothing comes to you, then there is nothing to do. So it's very simple, and yet the problem is that all your life you have been taught, mistaught, to look to thinking and look at the result. Look at the heartless, crass, elitist, intellectual, godless people that rise in power in organizations and in government around the world. Everywhere you look, it's the intellectuals. It's the intellectuals that start, you know, like Marx, and it's the intellectuals that are the most gullible that become the greatest dupes, useful idiots, I think it was Karl Marx called them, or Lenin called them, to support some kind of foolishness. And what do they do? They have been totally stripped of their common sense, and they don't look to conscience. They don't look to common sense. They look down into their brain for something that they read or heard, or they make something up that is a foolishness. It was the same in uh, the French Revolution. But anyway, I don't need to go into that right now. I want to keep it all very simple and talk about conscience. What is conscience? It's what you know in your heart without words. Yeah, it can become words. A person who loves God and really and truly wants to do the right thing and cares more about what's right than who's right. Let me repeat that. A person who cares more about what's right than who's right is always looking, delicately looking, to know what the rightness of things is. Do you have a question for Roland? If so, call the listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your message, and Roland may answer your question on the air. Or email your question at Roland at SheddingShackles.com That's Roland at SheddingShackles.com So there's that person in a delicate moment with their partner or their child or someone else at one of those delicate moments. Not a moment where you're trying to decide whether you're going to go to Burger King or In-N-Out Burger. Not one of those moments. But a moment where there's some delicate human relations issue involved. Or they ask you a question, you're a parent, and they ask you a question. So, now, it's a delicate moment. And so, instead of looking down into the brain for some answer, you look to what you know in your heart. And basically what you're doing is you're acknowledging that you don't know. And you know that whatever you... Look, this is not something new. I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know, but I'm trying to put it in words, say it in, in a little different way, 
in such a way that it awakens you to see it. So you really see it. It's just like, you know, if you're taking a math class and the teacher writes some kind of a new concept on the board and you don't get it, you don't get it. But then all of a sudden, oh, I get it. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. So there you are in this, uh, this delicate moment. And you don't know what to say. And, but you also know that you don't know. See, people who know that they don't know are closer to the truth than people who think they know. Wasn't it Mark Twain who said that a lot of the things that people think they know aren't necessarily so? See what I mean? So, how many times has something happened, like some new drug came out with terrible side effects? Terrible. People suffered and died. And then they said, oh, sorry. See what I mean? Sorry. Yeah, well, sorry doesn't cut it, because they don't mean it anyway. So, how many times has there been some foolish idea? I could go down a list right now. You could make up a list, too, of foolish ideas that have gained the ascendancy. And people go along with it. And they support it. And they pay lip service to it. And they even believe it. The useful dupes actually believe it. The ones in power. The ones at the top. They know. They know that it's made up. They know that the idea is foolishness. But it's to their advantage. It gives them power. See, let me see if I can explain to you. See, I'm going in a little different, on a different tangent here, but it's a good tangent. If someone can come up with some idea that's really goofy, like, I'll, I'll make something up. Someone says that, oh, what, what could I make up here? Someone says the sky is green. It's not blue, it's actually green. I'm making something up. So they come to you and they say, oh, the sky is green. It's not blue, it's green. You say, but it's blue. And you say, no, no, you're, you're confused. You're, you're, you're seeing it from this, uh, there's this optical illusion, this angle, this atmospheric thing, this, oh, there's some, there's some climate change, that's it. But it's really green. Oh, okay, the sky is green. So you just go along with it and you start to spout it. Then you're teaching a class and you teach the students that the sky is green and so on and so forth. But by doubting yourself, see, when you doubt what you know is true, you see, you should know that the sky is blue. And nobody should be able to make you doubt that the sky is blue. But if someone can actually come up with, an, with a lie, Adolf Hitler's propaganda chief was Joseph Goebbels. And he said that if you tell a big lie and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. So someone comes up with a really big lie that the sky is green, and if they can make you doubt, make you doubt what you see. What is it? What did somebody say, say one time? A, a guy came home, and, and, um, and there was somebody there with his wife, and the person that was with his wife said, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Say, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Well, if someone can make you doubt what you see for yourself, what you know for yourself, 
when you respond to the big lie with belief or with emotion, or when you doubt the truth, same thing, when you respond to the lie with belief or emotion, or when through emotion you doubt the truth, you are separated from your ground of being and you become a total slave to that which separated you from the truth. But the person who doesn't doubt what they see, see, another classic example is you look at the piece of quote-unquote art out in front of some museum somewhere or some public building. You look at it, and it's like a jumbled up, what? It's like jumbled up scrap iron welded together. It's grotesque, and it's no good. See, it's no good. So, it's no good. Who was it that said that the Impressionist artist paints as an Impressionist because he doesn't have enough skill skill to paint realistically? Well, I don't know if that's true or not. But I do know that there are pieces of junk standing outside of public buildings. People paid a lot of money for those pieces of junk. and. If they can make you doubt yourself and make you say, oh, yeah, that, that's art, that's good art. If they can make you, then you are a dupe. And they have made you to doubt what you know in your heart, and it gives them power. So now you understand. So it's critically important that you always stay in touch with your conscience, your common sense, what you know in your heart. It is your lodestar, and it is from God. The ones who want to mislead you with intellectual garbage, they're not really going to lead you to God. They're going to lead you away from God. The atheists are the intellectuals, aren't they? So it doesn't mean that intellect doesn't have a place. It does. First intuition, and then it can become thinking. First, you look to your common sense, to your conscience. As we're near the end of our time together, I invite you to visit the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com, SheddingShackles.net, or SheddingShackles.us. You can listen to past programs, read more about Roland's meditation, or watch Roland's video lectures. Listen in again next week, same time, same station. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome back. I wanted to keep talking about conscience and intuition, which is what I was talking about in the first half of the program. One of my favorite Bible verses is the prophet Habakkuk. In chapter 2, verse 20, he says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Silence. And what does silence mean? It means stillness. But it's in the quiet time. Look, you remember Albert Einstein? Albert Einstein made most of his great discoveries when he was a young man 
working as a lowly clerk in the patent office, sitting quietly at his desk hours a day and working on what he did there, looking at requests for patents. But he had a lot of time, and he had a lot of quiet time, and between moments of work, he could sit quietly and ponder and realize and question. See, he asked the questions, and eventually the answers came, but they were inspiration. They were from intuition. So you have to have the same kind of an attitude, a waiting upon God, a looking to God, a wondering about things. Wondering. Don't we love the expression on children's faces when they're filled with awe and wonder? When they look at the stars, they're filled with awe and wonder. And we, we sense that there's something sweet about that and good and innocent about it. Well, you need to have that all the time. And especially you need wonder when you're faced with those delicate moments with your loved ones. You need to honestly and truly wonder what is the right thing to do or say and to realize that you don't know. And by realizing that you don't know, you're a thousand times smarter than the one who thinks he does know. See, oh, this is what I was going to say earlier. How many times when you were a child or a teenager where people were talking at you instead of to you? Oh, they were so clever. They had so many clever things to say, and they overwhelmed you with their cleverness, didn't they? See, they, they had practiced doing it. They, they'd been doing it for years. And you were just an innocent child. You didn't know what to say. They were very clever, but they were talking at you and not to you. And there was no love in it. You could sense there was no love in it. And their timing was also sometimes wrong. When they should have been firm with you, they were too lenient. But when they should have been a bit softer, they were too rigid. See, they didn't get it right. They said things with the wrong timing the wrong emphasis, everything wrong. But yet, they didn't mean to do that, but they didn't have a heart. Wasn't there a song that said, you got to have a heart? Well, they didn't have a heart. Yeah, after they messed up, then they felt guilty. Yeah, after they messed up, they felt guilty, and then they gave you money, or they were extra nice, or they gave you a bunch of food, or they left, they let you then they left you alone to, to play with your video games and everything, which you shouldn't have been doing it probably, but they were, they were guilty. So they became too permissive. And dads, often dads are angry. His wife makes him angry. Things at work, injustice makes him angry, and then he's angry. So then a couple of times when you needed some correction, and kids do need correction, he did it angrily. And then everybody was mad at dad. But Dad saw his anger, and he didn't want to be angry, so he just bottled everything up and said nothing. So he just became a total doormat, a total people pleaser. He remained silent and said nothing because he didn't want to say it angrily. So you, you have to, if you have the attitude of quietly inquiring of God, looking to your intuition instead of looking to intellectual knowledge, then 
when something comes to you, it'll be, it'll be practically inspired. And it'll have the right timing. It'll have the right energy. It'll have love energy. Because it's coming through you from God, from your conscience, from what you know in your heart. And so it'll have that, the right timing, the right emphasis. It'll be just right. It'll be perfect. And it'll have a good effect instead of the usual bad effect. So that's what I'm trying to impart to you here. And I hope that what I have to say might awaken you a little bit. See, I don't want to be your authority. I just want to awaken you to what you know in your heart, put you back in touch with your intuition, back in touch with your common sense, back in touch with your conscience. I love the story about the little boy who was out in the garden struggling to pull out a very large weed. His father came along and said, Son, you need help pulling that weed out? And the little boy said, I sure do, because the whole world is pulling on the other side. Doesn't it feel that way sometimes? Well, you have to return to help from father. Father is there waiting to help, but you have to find it. You have to return to the common sense that he gave you, to the intuition that he gave you, and to the beautiful scriptures that he gave you. You have to be patient with others because he's been patient with you. You have to look to him for answers instead of looking out in the world. And you have to trust what you know in your heart, trust your common sense, and don't doubt it. And then all of God's benefits will be there for you. Forgiveness is already there. You have to receive it. Wisdom is already there for you, but you have to find it. And it begins with returning to the simple faith that you had when you were a little child. But now you're an adult, and that simple faith can grow like the mustard seed, and you can grow to become a mighty person of God. I saw a funny T-shirt. You know how people have funny T-shirts? Well, this one said, Where are we going, and why am I in this handbasket? Well, that's the way it seems now. It seems like that's the way the world is heading. But you don't want to go that way. You want to go the opposite way. And how do you do that? Take hold of your common sense. God gave you common sense. It's the most basic form of faith. And he gave you something in addition to common sense, which is another gift. You know, people talk about spiritual gifts. Well, how about common sense? How about intuition? How about conscience? Those gifts are already there for you, but you have to find them. And they're right there. But look, 
like I was saying earlier, there are a lot of bad ideas out there. And they're being promulgated. They're being propagandized. They're being pushed upon us. They're being taught to our children in the schools. So what we have right now is uh, we are like lost sheep. It says in the Bible, my people perish for a lack of wisdom. Well, you have to find wisdom. Look, we have a leadership crisis. We don't have good leaders. The other day we were listening to a, a classical music piece being played by a pianist on the, on the classical music station. It was not so good. The pianist had great skill, but the pianist was trying to impress everyone with how fast he could play instead of playing it so that people can enjoy it. And I said to my son, I said, you know what? I suddenly realized something. It's not the pianist's fault. He doesn't have the, the wisdom. He doesn't have the understanding. He doesn't have it. The problem is, is with his teacher. His teacher or his mentor needs to give him guidance, guide him into playing it for people. And maybe one day the pianist will also see for himself. Wouldn't that be beautiful if he could see for himself? But in the meantime, he needs guidance. Well, we need guidance in this country like we've never needed it before. And it has to start with you. You have to find the guidance. And where you're going to find it is you've got to look to your creator. He gave you common sense. Start to use it again and don't doubt it. He gave you intuition what you know in your heart. Start to pay attention to that. And, and God has been very patient with us. So be patient with other people. Don't be impatient. Wait, wasn't it? And Landers, the great newspaper columnist who said, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. If you don't know, just admit that you don't know. Don't make something up. And don't go looking for somebody out in the world who is also lost. Look, the experts out there, most of them are lost. So you've got to look to your Creator. Lift up your eyes and ask God for wisdom. Ask God for patience. Ask God for the love that you need to be a mom, a dad, a partner, a student, whatever you are. And be patient with other people. God has been patient with you. Now go and be patient with other people. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.